0: I am Sarah-Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello friends, happy Thursday. I hope your day is treating you well. Today we're talking about what we really mean when we call people their Enneagram number. But first, today's rosebud and thorn. My rose today is I am about to finish my second bottle of vitamins... I honestly don't think I've ever finished a bottle of vitamins in my life, but I finished a bottle of the Seed Symbiotics a few weeks ago, and I'm about to finish a bottle of Rituals Women's Like Daily Vitamins this week, and I'm just so proud of myself, honestly. My thorn is that I honestly work best from my co-working space. Um, I just focus really easily there. I get things more done. I feel much more calmer and at ease, but haven't been in there much this week and there are things i just do better at home so i've just kind of been in a weird all over the place kind of mindset and it's disorienting i'm ready for a little bit more structure my bud is that I'm going to my first in-person yoga class this afternoon since the pandemic. Um, I'm a bit nervous because I have a chronic cough, if you don't know. Um, and I don't want people to think I have the Rona, but I also am so excited because there's nothing like an in-person yoga class. Like it just is so relaxing and I feel so connected. I feel so present and I am pumped Okay, um, so let's talk about what we're saying really when we call people by their Enneagram number. So on Tuesday, I shared five mistakes I see people make when they use the Enneagram. One of those is replacing people with numbers. I mentioned that it can be objectifying, but it can also limit your connection and your compassion. What I mean specifically is when we say to someone, you're being such a type 2, or we say to ourselves, I'm being such a type 7 right now, we're kind of simplifying a lot of complex pain and fear and motivation into a number that kind of turns it away from this deep, thoughtful, introspective concept into... a a thing into um, an object or a meme. So for today's episode, I wanted to run through each type and what we really mean when we say that, as well as offer a question or two that we can ask instead of making that statement. I'm going to approach this from the perspective of asking ourselves these questions, but depending on the comfort of your relationship with someone else, you may want to ask the people in your life these as well. You know, use your own discretion on if that would feel weird or not but you get kind of the general idea of it i think when we get into it so instead of saying i'm being such a type one could you say instead i'm feeling an inordinate amount of pressure to live up to my own high expectations and it makes me feel like i need to control my environment manage the behaviors of others and limit my access to pleasure and fun and could you ask yourself Who are you afraid of letting down with this decision and do you think they'll actually judge you? What is the actual harm that could be caused by the thing that you're so worried about? And is it real? Instead of saying, I'm such a type two, could you say, I'm concerned that the people in my life are only here because of what I do for them and I'm struggling to trust that my needs are as much of a priority as the people who surround me. And ask yourself, what kind of friend or partner do I want in my life? And is someone who would walk away because I have needs that person? Or would you judge someone else for taking this action? And if so, why? Could it be because you feel pressured to not do it yourself? And if not, like, that's interesting. Hmm. Instead of I'm being such a type three, could you say, I'm worried that my worth is tied to what I achieve, and if I rest for too long, don't self-promote or let my guard down, then I will be left behind. And ask yourself, how much more energy will I have for the things I'm passionate about after I take time to fully recuperate? Or how can I define success based on how I want to feel in my life instead of what I want to achieve, and how can I get to feeling that today? Instead of, I'm being such a type four, could you say, I'm afraid that I am missing something important, that I need to be significant, and I am looking outside of myself to find something to make me whole. And ask yourself, what do I think this item, course, person will complete in me, and how can I provide that for myself now? Or, what would it look like to fully appreciate the small, beautiful moments in this day alone? Instead of saying, I'm being such a type 5, could you say, I'm concerned that I'm not informed enough to do the things that I want to do, despite the countless hours of research I've already done. Additionally, I fear that I will be depleted of my resources of time, energy, and money if I am not careful. And ask yourself, What do you think you would need to know about this topic before calling yourself an expert? And do you know that or can you learn that soon? Or what does replenishing my time, energy, or money look like for me right now? And is it worth that effort to give this out of love? Instead of saying, I'm such a type 6, could you say, I'm worried that if I take this risk towards something that makes me happy, I may be overlooking something that could go wrong or possibly let people down who have supported me this far? And ask yourself, how would I feel if someone I cared about made this decision for themselves? Or what exactly am I afraid of and how likely is that to happen in reality? Instead of I am being such a type 7, could you say, I'm uncomfortable with being dissatisfied in my life and fear that if I experience sadness, I will plummet into a black hole that I can't find my way out of and live a miserable life? And ask yourself, how long do emotions typically last? A few seconds? A few minutes? How easily have you found it to feel joy in your life? And could you trust that these emotions will pass and the joy will return? Or, what feeling am I trying to avoid by keeping my social or work calendar full? Instead of saying I'm being such a type 8, could you say, I learned somewhere along the way that it's a dog-eat-dog world and only the strong survive, so I'm pushing myself past my limits physically and emotionally to prove that I'm as strong as I need to be to survive. And ask yourself where am I using strength in situations where vulnerability could be more beneficial? Or, where am I pushing myself past what I expect others to do, and can I lower the standard to match something more reasonable? And instead of saying, I'm being such a type 9, could you say, I am afraid that if I show the fullness of who I am and what I want, it will be too much for others and they will leave. And ask yourself, is it truly connection that I am hiding the truth of who I am in order to preserve it? I'm going to say that one again. Is it truly connection if I am hiding the truth of who I am in order to preserve it? Or who is one person that I can be a hundred percent myself with and what do they bring to the table that makes me feel safe? And can I look for other people with those characteristics to befriend? All right, friends, that is just a little something to think about today. I'm going to do this as a series on Instagram as well. So if you want to come hang out, chat over there at Sarah Jane Case. I would love to hear your thoughts. As always, it's an absolute joy to create this content for you. And I will see you tomorrow for the next episode. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook Games.